Welcome to Makiana's Speak Out Weekend Roundup. Russell here filling in for Keith. Today we will play some of the latest news commentaries from John Schaffer and Sylvia Stark and then wrap things up with Pastor Joel with Happy and Hole in him. But before the gang takes the segments, let's check the weekend weather and news. Detailed forecast for South Bend calls for, Friday afternoon mostly cloudy, with a high near 47. East wind around 5 mph Friday night mostly cloudy, with a low around 31. East wind around 5 mph becoming northwest after midnight. Saturday mostly sunny, with a high near 43. Northwest wind 10 to 15 mph, with gusts as high as 20 mph Saturday night partly cloudy, with a low around 28. Light and variable wind becoming southeast 5 to 10 mph after midnight. Sunday showers, mainly after 1 p.m., high near 51. Southeast wind around 15 mph, with gusts as high as 25 mph chance of precipitation is 90%. New precipitation amounts between a tenth and quarter of an inch possible. Sunday night showers, mainly before 1 a.m., low around 29. Chance of precipitation is 80%. New precipitation amounts between a tenth and quarter of an inch possible. Monday a 20% chance of snow showers before 1 p.m., partly sunny, with a high near 37. Breezy. Monday night mostly cloudy, with a low around 21. Now Feature Story News. From Feature Story News in Washington, I'm Nick Harper. Health officials in the United States say community spread of the Omicron variant of COVID-19 is now inevitable. Cases have been diagnosed in four states across the country so far, as FSN Sarah Walton reports. Just days after the first U.S. case of the Omicron variant was identified in California, others have now been diagnosed in Colorado, Hawaii, Minnesota and New York, where there are five in the New York City area. At least two cases involve people who recently travelled to southern Africa, but Hawaii confirmed its patient had no recent travel history. The new variant has prompted a spike in the number of people getting vaccinated against the virus, with CDC figures showing there were nearly 2.2 million shots administered in just over 24 hours between Wednesday and Thursday. Roughly half of those were booster shots. Sarah Walton, New York. Meanwhile, in India, one of the patients who tested positive for the Omicron variant is a doctor who had no recent travel history to affected countries. U.S. lawmakers have agreed a deal to prevent a government shutdown. The U.S. House of Representatives and the Senate both agreed the short-term deal, the stopgap spending bill that will keep the government funded until February the 18th. But a more significant deadline of December the 15th is still looming to try and raise the United States' debt limit. The army in the Democratic Republic of Congo says that it has rescued 28 people who were abducted by rebels in the northeastern province of Ituri last month. The hostages were freed after a joint military offensive by Congolese and Ugandan forces in the region. As Chris Ochmaringa reports from Kinshasa. The Congolese army spokesperson says they found the 28 hostages at a camp of the Allied Democratic Forces in Irumu territory. The camp was bombarded by Ugandan troops earlier this week. Congolese authorities have recorded an increase in attacks against civilians in Ituri and North Kivu province since the government declared martial law in May this year. Chinese ride-hailing app Didi is delisting from the New York Stock Exchange and moving to Hong Kong. It's one of a number of tech firms that have been scrutinized by Beijing and was subject to a cybersecurity investigation. FSN's US correspondent Caroline Malone reports. It launched a blockbuster $4.4 billion IPO on the New York Stock Exchange just five months ago. 
but now Didi is in the process of removing its listing from the United States to head to Hong Kong instead. The Chinese ride-hailing app's share price has collapsed since Beijing decided to ban Didi from app stores in China, saying it had broken privacy laws and posed cybersecurity risks. The decision is widely seen as punishment because Didi went public overseas. Didi stocks are now worth about half its IPO share price. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks, looking today in more detail at fresh strains in the relationship between the UK and France. It was reported on Thursday that last month French President Emmanuel Macron referred to Prime Minister Boris Johnson as a clown and a knucklehead and told associates that he is leading a circus in Britain. That the two men are not getting along is not headline news, but it is a remarkable reflection of the depth of the problem. Correspondent Peter Allen in Paris has been trying to get to the bottom of it. Uh, I spoke to the Elysee about all this uh, earlier today, and I said, well, look, is this all official, as it were? And they said, no comment. Now, I would call that uh, an undignified silence. They are actually not denying that this was said. It was very well sourced. It was in a, a French magazine that has exceptionally good civil servant uh, cont contacts, and uh, they heard Emmanuel Macron saying it. But a very serious part of all this is that these comments were made within hours of this terrible tragedy in the Channel last week. 27 men, women and children died. And some might argue, well, look, uh, if you are going to come out with language like that, choose your moment. He points out that Emmanuel Macron is trying to win a second term in the Elysee Palace and may believe that playing tough with the UK and others on the world stage plays well with the French electorate. But it certainly does nothing for the Entente Cordiale. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. And the main news again, health officials in the United States say community spread of the Omicron variant of COVID-19 is now inevitable. US lawmakers have agreed a deal to prevent a government shutdown, and the army in the Democratic Republic of Congo says that it's rescued 28 people who were abducted by rebels in the northeastern province of Ituri last month. There's more from us on Twitter at Feature Story. That's Feature Story News, Nick Harper reporting. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks, looking today in more detail at fresh strains in the relationship between the UK and France. It was reported on Thursday that last month French President Emmanuel Macron referred to Prime Minister Boris Johnson as a clown and a knucklehead and told associates that he is leading a circus in Britain. That the two men are not getting along is not headline news, but it is a remarkable reflection of the depth of the problem. Correspondent Peter Allen in Paris has been trying to get to the bottom of it. Uh, I spoke to the Elysee about all this uh, earlier today, and I said, well, look, is this all official, as it were? And they said, no comment. Now, I would call that uh, an undignified silence. They are actually not denying that this was said. It was very well sourced. It was in a, a French magazine that has exceptionally good civil servant uh, cont contacts, and uh, they heard Emmanuel Macron saying it. But a very serious part of all this is that these comments were made within hours of this terrible tragedy in the Channel last week. 27 men, women and children died. And some might argue, well, look, uh, if you are going to come out with language like that, choose your moment. He points out that Emmanuel Macron is trying to win a second term in the Elysee Palace and may believe that playing tough with the UK and others on the world stage plays well with the French electorate. But it certainly does nothing for the Entente Cordiale.
With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. James Kaufman, World News Report Today. Ladies and gentlemen, today is December 2nd, 2021, 8 p.m. Central here in the USA. God bless you and yours no matter where you are in the world, folks. Please subscribe, give us a thumbs up, ring that bell for critical future updates. Ladies and gentlemen, Russia has deployed missiles near Japan and now has issued threats to all GPS satellites they're operated by NATO. That's right. The Kremlin warned that it could blow up 32 GPS satellites with its new anti-satellite technology, ASAT, which has now been tested November 15th on a retired Soviet Teslina D satellite, according to numerous news reports. Russia then claimed on state television that its new ASAT missiles could obliterate NATO satellites and blind all of their missiles, planes, ships, and ground forces, said Russian Channel 1 TV host Dmitry Kezavov, rendering the West GPS-guided missiles useless. It means that if NATO crosses our red line, it risks losing all 32 of its GPS satellites at one time. Now, y'all don't know this, but they're already jamming all of our drones and everything else on the Ukraine border right now. So all of our stuff is not even operational. That's a fact, Jack. The International Space Station flight control team was notified of indications of a satellite breakup causing over 1,500 pieces of debris to threaten the station due to the debris generated by the destructive Russian anti-satellite tests. ISS astronauts and cosmonauts undertook emergency procedures for safety, said NASA Administrator Bill Nielsen. I think we know Bill. With its long and storied history in human spaceflight, it is unthinkable that Russia would endanger not only the American and international partner astronauts on the ISS, but also their own cosmonauts, Nielsen said. Their actions are reckless and dangerous, threatening as well as the Chinese space station and the Tikhonauts on board. All nations have the responsibility to prevent the purposeful creation of space debris from ASATs and to foster a safe, sustainable space environment. Quote, Russia has demonstrated a deliberate disregard for the security, safety, stability, and long-term sustainability of the uh, space domain for all nations. General James Dickerson, commander of the U.S. Space Command, said Russia's test of direct ascent anti-satellite weapons clearly demonstrated that Russia continues to pursue counter space weapon systems that undermine strategic stability and pose a threat to all nations. Ladies and gentlemen, they can make everything that we have completely useless within just a few seconds by knocking out every one of our GPS satellites that guide every one of our rockets, ships, airplanes, etc. It's back to the old-fashioned way real quick, but then you have to deal with their hypersonic missiles that are doing Mach 20 that they have started mass production of and are deploying around the country. Great job. While our demons were busy squandering and stealing our taxpayers' money, these people were building out their military. 
Please share. Please subscribe. God bless you all. Always remember that anything is possible in Bizarro World. This is John Schaefer with an update on Notre Dame football head coach. Marcus Freeman becomes the 32nd head coach in the Notre Dame history. Freeman, who is 35, is a native of Huber Heights, Ohio. Played college football at Ohio State University from 2004 to 2008 as a linebacker, where he was a two-time All-Big Ten second-team selection. The four-year starter for the Buckeyes also ran track where he competed in the four times 100 meter relay and threw the shot and discus. He was drafted in the fifth round by the Chicago Bears in 2009 draft was part of the Buffalo Bills practice squad and signed by the Houston Texans. He started he sorry, he retired in 2010 due <clears throat> to an enlarged heart condition. Freeman began his coaching career at Kent State in 2011 before moving to Purdue to coach the linebackers in 2013. Freeman is now Notre Dame's new coach. We hope that his career at Notre Dame will be a fantastic one and wish him all the luck. In 2020, he was a finalist for the Brolis Award. In 2021, Freeman joined the coaching staff at Notre Dame as defensive coordinator under then head coach Brian Kelly. school news coming out of Oxford, Michigan. On November 30th, 2021, at Oxford High School, a 15-year-old went on a killing rampage. The freshness report came in said that three students were killed with seven injured. Later on, it went to say four students killed. The fourth student that was killed died a hero that day. He protected classmates. For protected classmates. Today is December 2nd. And the newest update is four are discharged. Two are in civil condition and one in critical condition. By doing some research, I found out information. Just by what had happened. Maybe what led up to the events. 
we have the parents who met with school officials Monday morning and Tuesday morning about his behavior. His dad purchased a handgun four days prior. Was there a reason the handgun purchased? Nobody knows. It appears to be that the parents and the son knew about it together. The parents knew about what was going to happen. The school officials may have known something, but didn't say nothing. Could it be that the student was bullied? We don't know. Could it be security system knew he was in the school, went into the bathroom, came out with the gun, but didn't know. They could have stopped it, but they said they brought a lockdown. And so that meant that a lot of kids had to hurry and scurry to get around. Within a period of five minutes, 100 911 calls went out. And so they were able to get there swiftly. When they reached Ethan, he surrendered willingly. Why would he surrender willingly? Could there have been an issue? Did he need physical help, mental help? We don't know. But through some investigations and looking at other sources, there is an Instagram account that went around and it showed him a few days before showing a gun. Maybe that was a red flag right away. Now, through another investigation research, found out the person he was. He was a, per- a kid who was methodical, which means they have a certain method of doing things. They do point A to point B, point C. So he had a plan. He knew the plan. He executed a plan. But several students, it could have been worse if the cops did not respond that quickly with it being 100, over 100 911 calls. Another important matter is we have the social media who are blaming the parents. Let's go first, are getting blamed for this. Ethan's getting blamed for it. He's got tried with several accounts, with the most surprising one of terrorism. Some people wonder why he got tried with a terrorism account. Did he target smart people? Was the people he targeted bullied, or did he just go after anybody? What was going on in that mind of that kid at 15 years old? Go around and kill people. And so when he left, he went to jail, to a children's jail on Tuesday, where he's put on a suicide watch. They had a hearing yesterday. Well, just nobody wants to cooperate. He was sent to another jail where he will stay until his trial date, which is supposed to be December 13th, in about a week and a half. And so that will be the latest news update of what has happened. Now, what would happen if the school officials knew, saw the gun, on the security camera before this happened? They acted quickly. They caught a lockdown. There was kids in the lunchroom. So that meant that these kids being lunch, they had to run as fast as they can. The parents were contacted. Parents left work, they found out the kid was okay. But they did, as they safely got all the kids counted for at a nearby Myers that shut down for the day. But by doing some research today, it appears that there were some more schools in Michigan that shut down for the day due to similar incidents of students displaying guns on social media. 
precautions. There was also a vigil that happened Tuesday or Wednesday for the parents, the students who are hurt by this. Some students may not want to go back to school after this incident. There's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot that's happening in this case. As more information comes around, and as I do some more investigation, we will see what the outcome of this 15-year-old is. We will find out who is the blame. They are, like I said, they're still abuse investigations. Trying to find out. They see the cell phone of the child, of Ethan. They did a search for the house, which the parents wanted an attorney. Just by the fact that the parents wanted an attorney and purchasing a gun, they may have been a part of this. So that way the parents will get charged too, as well as the child. But we don't know the outcome of that yet. Pending investigation, we'll find out hopefully soon if the parents will get charged. Stay tuned as more updates will come about this Oxford High School shooting that occurred on November 30th. Take care and have a wonderful day. something fun to do this weekend come downtown to Elkhart where we will kick off with the Elkhart Wonder Fest kicking off at 8 a.m. with breakfast with Santa at the Central Fire Station it will cost two dollars for adults and children get it for free with a handgun there will be a Wonder Fest market happening at Elkhart Health Aquatics from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. some downtown merchants will have open houses with some craft stations for the kids and that will happen from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. You can get some pictures taken at Santa and tour the windows of Premier Arts from 12 p.m. to 5 p.m. at the Learner Theater. Stay tuned <clears throat> at 3 p.m. to see the people in the ugly sweaters as they're running and walking. There will be ice skating, which will have two different sessions. The first session being from 1 p.m. to 2.30 p.m. With a second session from 3 o'clock to 4.30 p.m. in honorary skate from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. There will also be a parade happening at 6 o'clock with a Christmas tree lighting following. So the whole parade and tree lighting is from 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Kicking off about 8 o'clock, there will be a free movie shown at the Learner Theater. While you're downtown, you can also stop by Ruth Smith Museum and Tour the Hollywood holiday tours that they're having, which runs through December 30th. Well fed Botanic Gardens has winter wonderland holiday lights displays through the weekends running through December 26th. There's a lot happening in the month of December, kicking off this Saturday. Also, if you're looking for something else to do, volunteer to ring bells at your local Salvation Army wherever you live. All Salvation Armies across the states are looking for volunteers.
some holiday cheer featuring Merry Christmas sung by Pentatix. Then Elkhart Winter Fest will kick off Saturday, December 4th, downtown Elkhart, starting at 8 a.m. Breakfast Santa, ending with a movie around 8 o'clock at the Learner Theater. Take care and have a wonderful day. Greetings. I'm Joel of Heart City Church. We've been considering the theme of hope this first week of Advent. And biblical hope, Bible hope, is not like how we tend to talk about hope. We say things like, I hope we have a white Christmas. And by that we mean we long for something that may or may not happen. Hope in the Bible is about longing, but it is also about waiting, waiting for what is certain. Why is biblical hope certain, Joel? because it is a promise from God. We wait in certain hope when God promises to do something. And waiting is a good exercise for us, don't you think? 
I mean, we live in an instant gratification world where we expect everything now or yesterday. The four weeks before Christmas are an opportunity for weight training, training ourselves to wait in hope. And then comes December 25th, and we celebrate the arrival of the promised King, Jesus, who came to save us. Now, you may be thinking, Joel, why do we want to wait for something that is a past event? That's a good question. I have two reasons for you, friend. First, a good way to recall the glory of the Incarnation is by traveling back in time. R.C. Sproul says, well, the Advent season is that time when we seek to, in a manner of speaking, mute our memory of what has already happened, that we might brighten our joy that it happened. We leave the already of his Advent to taste the bitter of the not yet. We, in short, go back that we might look forward to his coming. What Sproul is getting at is we enter into the situation of ancient Israel before Jesus' coming so that we might taste again the joy of what it means that Jesus became all we are by nature, that we might become all he is by grace alone. Imagine being in Isaiah's day and hearing this prophecy. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah 7:14. Do you know what Emmanuel means? God with us. Heaven came down to earth when the word became flesh and moved into our neighborhood. John 1:14. The Son of God humbled himself in order to save a people who were living under the tyranny of sin and Satan before death would then snatch them away. Peace on earth came on that first Christmas morn. The incarnation was God's great rescue plan to save a despairing and dying humanity. And so doing some Advent weight training is a way to gain new love and appreciation for Jesus' coming. And it helps us look forward to his second coming. That's the second thing. While Christ has won heaven for us, we, like those saints of old, still live in the not yet. So weight training reminds us that we are still longing for Christ to come, to return, to make all things new. John writes in 1 John 3, verse 2 and 3, Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be, has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves, just as he is pure. We're waiting in hope for the day when Jesus returns, and we shall be made like him. Can you imagine how glorious you're going to be? Now, did you know how John says our waiting in hope actually purifies us right now? Our waiting and hope on Jesus' coming is actually making us more spotless, more pure. How is that, Joel? Well, friend, you need to go back to maybe your first school crush and that first Friday date. Do you remember that 45 minutes before the date? You just showered, you put on your best outfit, perfume, you're checking your hair and your face, and you're looking in the mirror again and again, and then you go down and sit and wait. And then you see it's five minutes before your date arrives, and what do you do? You run back to the mirror, you check your teeth, and you go to sit down, and then you go back to the mirror. You gotta check your collar. You want to look perfect. Do you see the picture? 
if you're madly in love with Jesus and you're waiting in hope for a certain coming, you'll act like a silly teenager doing all you can to be at your best, looking the way he wants you to. For Christ, that means living a pure life, unspotted by anything he wouldn't like to see. We wait in hope, purifying ourselves, because our life is far more than just a great date at the end. Our whole life, we are on our way to a wedding. And as he has been faithful to us, we too live faithfully, knowing every day we're one day closer to his return. I'll close out this week, this week of hope, with a benediction from Paul in Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. My friend, remember who you are and who you belong to. Everybody have a great weekend. We have a possibility of snow that might be accumulating or rain on Wednesday. Sorry, I'm not the host today. Glad to have Russell taken over, filling in. But I will be back on Monday. Ta-ta, everyone. Back to regular programming on iRadio.